Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 534 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Bob will be back tomorrow. He was on the airplane with uh, with the team. They were heading down to Penticton in advance of the Young Stars Classic. Rookie tournaments taking place over the next several days all across the NHL. And for our information from all across the NHL, we like to go to Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers, brought to you each week here on the show for uh, brought by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. Elliot, how's it going this evening? It's going well. How are you doing, Brennan? I'm doing very well. Great to talk to you. Um, and a lot mm-hmm. to talk about. And this hadn't been the case, but suddenly the fire hose is on. And uh, we've yeah. got everything from rookie camps to uh, an investigation in Columbus to PTOs out the wazoo and, and Arizona seemingly trying to build a roster with PTOs. It's been a, a lot. Yeah. But let's let's rein it all in and, uh, and yep. maybe start in Columbus. So we talked a little bit about this yesterday, essentially that uh, there was some information brought forward on the Spit and Chicklets podcast about a way that uh, Mike Babcock had been behaving already in the organization. They come out and refute that and maybe you can sort of pick it up from there. Well, sure. I think the the first thing we should mention is that the NHLPA continues to investigate. And uh, look, I, I think yesterday this had cooled down a little bit um, you know, Johnny Goodrow was here at the NHL, NHL play, PA media tour, and he kind of threw cold water on it, and uh, Boone Jenner threw kind of cold water on it on with his statement. And, you know, then I, I kind of woke up this morning, and, you know, I, I just had some people telling me that they were just concerned about some of the younger players, um, you know, that, uh, you know, how they felt about it. So I think that's something that is still being looked into, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't want to speculate, but it, it had cooled yesterday, and I think it kind of picked back up last night. And like I said, the Players Association is still investigating. Uh, I spent a lot of time on this yesterday. This is not a new thing for Babcock. He has done this before, going back to Detroit uh, and Toronto. Um, I, I think that the, I think the kind of. And and I'll say this, like, I had some people, even people who don't like Babcock, who didn't think it was that big a deal, and I had some other people who didn't like it. And, um, you know, I, I think there's, I think there's some real, I think some of the gray areas about what exactly happens with the phone, because there's people who are like, no, 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 I sent him pictures, and there's other people who've kind of said, well, he takes your phone, he looks at it. It's, it's really, there's a lot of gray area here. So I, I think what everybody's trying to do is get to the bottom of it. But I think the, the pressing thing at, at this point in time right now, Brendan, is just that, you know, I had heard that uh, maybe some of the young, the young players weren't comfortable with it. And that's something you've got to protect. Like, these are new young guys to the NHL. Um, you know, there's a, there's a power dynamic there. And I think people just want to make sure that, um, just basically make sure what we have here. 
Makes a lot of sense. Uh, it seems like there's a war going on with, uh, is this an attack at his credibility because that's very easy to do? Or is this mm -hmm. evidence that he hasn't in fact changed to a level that uh, the, the collective would deem appropriate to continue coaching in the NHL? And yet when you talk about this gray area, I think it, it's almost, it seems like a little bit of that old school versus new school. And, uh, and Columbus has really put themselves at the forefront of this. And that's what happens, I guess, when you uh, elect to bring somebody who's been on hiatus or has this sort of track record. Well, I don't know if I would say it's old school versus new school. I just don't necessarily know about that. I think what the the situation is, is that, um, and I think you hit it there, like there are some people there who are really anti-Babcock. And there's a there's a few of them. And, um, and you know, I, I think that, that's part of it um you know as i said last night like as i said last night you know like the people who don't like babcock this comes out and they're like see see i told you and i think that's why everybody's just trying to figure out exactly what occurred here um you know i think the thing i wrote last night and i'll say it again today is that I don't know. Like, like I said, I heard from people who like who didn't. I would since who said it was not a big deal. Even some people who didn't like Babcock said it was not a big deal. But I've heard from people who said they didn't like it. And it's like, you know, Brennan. It, it's like it, it, he's done this for so long. Like at least 2014, 15, I think, which was his last year in Detroit. Um, that you know, there's there's bound to be people who didn't like it and there's bound to be people who didn't care. Like, it's with everything else, there's a mix. But the thing that's different now is that there's no leash here. And I don't know if Columbus realized um, or anybody really realized that the moment something came out remotely controversial, this was the firestorm that was going to be created. Like, Babcock's name evokes passion. Um so, like, you know, whether you think it's right or wrong, it just does. And I think that, um, so, like, I think that adds to the whole tinderbox that we're dealing with here. And, you know, as I wrote last night, and I said again today, he has, it's, it's a reminder that he has to be perfect here. Like, it's one of those things that if he does something, and let's just say for argument's sake, 90% of the players, and I'm, saying, I'm not saying this is true, I'm just saying for argument's sake, 90% of the players in Columbus like, okay, well, the focus is going to go heavy to that 10% because of what's happened in the past. And I think we were reminded of that today, uh, yesterday and today. So we'll see where this goes. But, you know, I think the biggest challenge now for Columbus is they've got to be concerned that the moment something, you know, comes out on him, you know, it, it's just, it's a frenzy. And I think that's a really tough way to have a season. At least it's a market in which I would think that a frenzy there means a little bit less than a frenzy, perhaps in Toronto or Edmonton. I would. No, assume. you know what? Like that was big, that was big yesterday. Like he went to Columbus for a reason. You know, mm -hmm. first of all, they wanted to hire him, and secondly, he was like, "This is a smaller market, and it's going to be a little bit quieter." Like that wasn't the case yesterday. 
Well, uh, it's not uh, two quiet markets there, Elliot, for Quinn Hughes and Adam Lowry, each of them saddling up now with the captaincy. Lowry, one that I think a lot of people would have projected, assuming they were going to name a captain. He served that role without the official C on his chest last year. And then you get a a very young up-and-comer in in Vancouver and Quinn Hughes, one of the best in the game right now. Uh, Thought on each of those. Well, you know, I figured in, in Winnipeg it was going to be Lowry or Morrissey. And so I'm, you know, I, I, I'm not hugely surprised that they went with Lowry. I figured it kind of had to be one or the other. I think he's uh, an excellent choice. And I think in a lot of ways he's an obvious choice. When you think of what an NHL captain tends to look like, um, you know, it's an NHL captain tends to look like he, you know, it looks like Adam Lowry. So I, I'm not really surprised at that one at all. You know, Quinn Hughes, I think some people were surprised. Um, you know, I, like the, the thing for me about Ken Hughes is I think your captain has to be uh, somebody who, like, we put so much speak and what, uh, put so much investment into what people say. I, I, to me, it's more important what you do. Like, how do you approach your job? Are you serious about it? Are you are you prepared to play? Are you prepared to do the things that are necessary? And, you know, Quinn Hughes, he works really hard on his game. Like, you know, it, it, with his physical size, to be the kind of player he is, you have to be somebody who takes it really seriously and works at it. And, you know, I, I think that uh, I think that he does. I, I think the players inside the Canucks organization really understand how much effort he puts into it and how much he cares. Now, I, I think is he is he comfortable all the time talking? No, but you can work on that. Um, like he doesn't lack confidence. Uh, I saw him today. Like it's funny. I uh, at the media tour and I saw both Quinn and Jack today, and like. Jack Hughes, man, he's like the most confident young player in the NHL. It's it's really hilarious, and he's a great talker. Quinn is quieter, but it doesn't mean he lacks confidence. And I think the speaking part he will grow into, and I've heard that privately he's not been afraid there in the last little bit to say things when it's been necessary. And, you know, look, the fact that Pedersen is where he is and says he's not sure if he wants to sign yet and take time, um, I think Vancouver was more comfortable going with someone who signed for a bit more term, and and I understand that. Yeah, while they've the only other guys signed to you know serious term, you're looking at basically JT Miller is the other option yep. if you if you couldn't have convinced Lindholm, uh, or pardon me, uh, Patterson. Lindholm's where I want to go next, though, as we chat with Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers for Abe's Door Service. Uh, is he going to end up a Calgary Flame at the end of the year? What have talks been like? because I assume this is the kind of thing they're either going to want to get done quickly or it's not going to get done until maybe the season's end. Well, I, I think that the, the one thing that uh, Chris uh, Craig Conroy has shown is he's not afraid to be patient. You know, they, they did something um, at the beginning of the summer. They traded to Foley. But other than that, he's, he's kind of held still. And I think that's smart. I, I think you can't be afraid to wait. Um, I think Calgary's in a holding pattern in a lot of places. Backland, um, Hannafin, uh, Lindholm. You know, I, I just think with Lindholm, um, it's going to be about, you know, ultimately what's the number. And I thought it was going to be 8.5, just like Horvat. I think it's going to be higher than that now. And uh, he's like, 
I think if they get, you know, to that area, uh, I think there's a, ch- a chance he stays. Like, uh, you know, he said he, he said he considers staying. Um, he's happy to stay. I think now it's just a matter of can the both sides make a deal that makes them happy. You believe that some of because it's not just Lindholm. You've got uh, you've got Backlund there. You've got Hannafin, who essentially wants to be a Boston Bruin. I think we're aware. Well, although uh, you know, Hannafin had some interesting comments today. Like he he kind of, like in the off season he was gone, and now he kind of walked it back a little bit. Like that's interesting to me. I want to see hear more about where that one's going. Okay, so this is sort of where I was going with that question is, is the door left open a bit for Calgary here with some success this season under the new regime to maybe sway some of these players? They've got a a good core here, uh, without a doubt. A lot that didn't click last year, but uh, there should be plenty of reason for people to want to be Calgary Flames, you would think. And if if Lindholm stays, that's got to be more of a pull for Backlund, etc. Well, I said this, I think, last week with Bob, um, the inferior host of this show, Brendan. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that, um, that, you know, like, you, you're going into year one of a massive contract for Huberto. How are you going to make that work? Like, to me, if, if you're not, like, if you want to make that work, to me, it makes sense to keep Lindholm. So I don't look at Lindholm as just keeping him. I look at him as empowering Huberto, too. And you know what? Like, you know, uh, so I think if you're not going to keep Lindholm, how are you making Huberto better? So that's the question I have. Like, you know, the one thing here is Calgary, if they want, you know, they can have a lot of flexibility this summer. The time the cap is supposed to go up. And, and who knows? Maybe that's what they ultimately decide to do. But I think they want to take a bit of a run here and uh, I think they want to take a bit of a run here see how it goes and then make their decisions like I don't think they're as bad as they played last year but I do think this division is very very tough they would be a Canadian team without a captain right now. It's probably. I think that'll change. Do you? Okay. And uh, any yes. short list that you could reveal for us? Well, like I know that in their exit meetings last year, one of the things they talked about was they needed a captain. That they felt that one of the reasons there was a breakdown in communication between Sutter and the players was that there wasn't a captain with that specific responsibility and um, you know he and and so I think the organization got that message I, I think they understand that completely so what I think happened there is that they're gonna they're gonna name one I think I, I like I heard they weren't going to name one as quickly as the Jets and the and the and the Canucks did. I think they were planning on. I think they were planning on waiting until closer. I don't know if it'll be the start of training camp or into training camp before the season, but I think that um, it'll be closer to then. And you know, I think there was a lot of thought about Backlund. But if he doesn't sign, I think the, one of the bigger questions there is do they think Anderson is ready? Mm-hmm. Like Eric Francis, tweeted out, Eric Francis yesterday tweeted out that he thinks it could be Anderson. I just think they've wondered, are we sure we want to do this right now for him? 
And I, if the answer is yes, I, I think it could be him. Asmus Anderson on the short list. One more question for Elliot Friedman as we wrap up our appearance for Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Uh, looking at a scaled-down version of the World Cup of Hockey for 2025, I'm really encouraged to see that this has been, I guess, more on the front burner in uh, in recent weeks anyway as they try and trudge towards some sort of an agreement and then to get things on an international cycle where they're playing in lockstep with World Cups and Olympics and that, but you got to have something that breaks the seal. What can you tell us about what they're planning for 2025? Well, I, I do know they want one. I, I've been told it's a priority to get it done. Uh, I think the players really want one badly. I mean, I know they do. And I think, like, I think they just realize now that internationally they need it. So they're working on it. I think they're working on it in February 2025. You know, there's still the issue of Russia, uh, Brendan. Like, being in Sweden last month, I don't think that we understand uh, in North America the true uh, enmity that those countries near the border have. So that's still an issue. Um, but I know they want to do it, and uh, I think it's it's going to get done I've been told it's going to get done because it's a priority and we'll just see what it looks like. They have talked about doing some things a little differently, but I think they're still brainstorming on what that exactly would look like. Gotcha. All right, Elliot, we will set you free for the evening. Really appreciate you spending some time with us tonight. Do you want to hear a little bit about Dreisaitl? I would love to. I guess you sat down with him, eh? Yeah, we talked to him today. And, oh, my goodness. You know, he was excellent. He's a great talker as uh, you guys know. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things I just said was, you know, have you thought about your future? And uh, he laughed and said, uh, uh, I knew you were going to ask me about that. And the one thing he just said was, you know, everybody in the organization talks about winning. Like it's an organization where it's not just the players who talk about it, but everybody in the organization talks about winning. And look, they know they can, they, Edmonton could win the cup. I really do believe they're one of the teams, like everybody says they can win the Stanley Cup, but not everybody can. I think Edmonton can. Um, and, uh, you know, he just said, look, like, I want to be in an organization where everybody thinks they can win the Stanley Cup, and we do. So I, I think, like, I really believe that about him is that, you know, if he thinks he can win, it's going to be, I just don't know how he would leave. So um, he didn't give any guarantees. But he did talk about being in an organization where everything is about winning right now, and that's what he wants. Well, the moves on the ice and off the ice, as you highlighted last week, all pointing in that direction and should certainly be inspiring those guys. Appreciate that nugget, Elliot. Anything else uh, before I cut you loose? <laughs> no, I, I did not talk to McDavid today. So okay. if, if he said anything remotely interesting, uh, I did not hear it. Okay. We will unearth it some other way. Okay. Thank you, Elliot. Cheers. All right, Brendan. Once again, great job. The replacement show is the better show. I appreciate that. I'll make sure the right people hear it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Elliot Friedman for uh, Abe's Door Service. He's from NHL Hockey on Rogers. You know that already. I know that I'm late for a break. Kellen, let's send it off. 
some guests of the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you have ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef Altoff that Oilers now sent you. And all season long, the injury report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. The Elks defense could hold a league or a lead, rather, Kellen. They would be theoretically 5-0 and in the second half rather than 3-2. and mm-hmm. And the Golden Bears are off to a 2-0 and start. So, you know, the gang at James H. Brown, uh, they're happier in recent weeks about our local football scene. Mm-hmm. Was asking you uh, before Elliott, what constitutes a successful season this year for Darnell Nurse. Lots of response here at 780-496-0063. Dean says Darnell needs to focus on defense first and sacrifice that overall point average. Best case scenario, 30 and 40 plus 30 at the end of the regular season with uh, 40 points, says Dean. Eric with a longer one says, uh, since he's actually one of the best five-on-five point producers in the league, most definitely does not need to score more points, Eric says of Nurse. His first pass out of the defensive zone sails over the intended target stick way too often. That's something that can't happen when you play so many minutes with McDavid. Also needs to cut way down on the poor choices playoff time. Him and CeCe were flat out terrible against Vegas, constantly turning the wrong way or abandoning the front of the net. And yeah, That's something that we've looked at, Eric, in, in terms of the D-zone coverage that you can expect to see a change in without a Adult. Jay Woodcroft admitted at the end of that series they didn't handle it well and a lot of that is why you saw Nurse scrambling and turning around and trying to help out where CeCe had lost his man or vice versa. It looked bad and it was bad and to my understanding it's been addressed so that's the good news. Uh, but Eric goes on to say he's an excellent defenseman just needs to stop playing like he's a Kale McCarr type. He's not. He just needs to lock it down defensively become a borderline elite defensive defense That's what the Oilers need him to be. I agree with you, Eric. I am curious what the rest of you have to say. 780-496-0063 coming up after the 6 o'clock news. We'll get into much more of that. But I'll tell you right now, don't miss your chance to enjoy uh, an exciting road trip down in Nashville, Tennessee. You'll watch the Oilers play the Predators. Package includes nonstop airfare with Flair Airlines. Four nights in a deluxe hotel near all the action. Lower bowl game tickets. A welcome reception with Bob and special guests. You can experience all that Music City USA has to offer. It's coming up soon, this October. It's the Nashville Road Trip. Call New West Travel today or go online to newwesttravel.com. Get your texts in. When we bring it back, we're going to have lots of time for you and I to cut it up. What do you want to see out of Dar- Darnell Nurse this year? What constitutes a successful season? Again, I say points-wise last year, points-wise 43 across 82 games. But he had 76 turnovers versus 41 takeaways. Let me know what you think. We'll get to that when we get back from a global news weather traffic update.